Good morning. Um, I'm so excited um, just to share this word with you this morning. I know um, for me, this wasn't on the radar like coming up till today. Um, I completely thought we were going a different direction. I've been praying about it, asking God what we're going to do this week. And then um, kind of yesterday, um, he just dropped this set of scriptures in and through his help this morning, I'm going I'm to attempt to talk about those, but I thought we were headed a different direction, um, and we will get there, I'm sure. Um, but man, this um, scripture, as I was sitting around yesterday, just thinking um, about all the things that were going on in the world. Um, I, don't, I don't normally talk about like current world events and things like that. I just kind of leave that out there and come in here, but what I kind of sense from a lot of us is maybe, maybe we're fearful or worried. Um, I've even had people make comments about this thing or this thing. It just seems like everything's going a little crazy right now, doesn't it? Like you got uh, a hurricane and then a hurricane. We got the West is on fire, right? <laughs> we were on fire a couple months ago. And um, it's just nuts. We had an earthquake, I think Friday or something like that in Mexico, strong earthquake. And everybody's looking at these things, and I've seen things on the internet like, oh, the world's in, and the world's in, and which is true eventually, right? The way I look at it, it doesn't really matter if it's today or 10 years from now or 100 years from now or a million years from now as long as you're ready. Um, so I'm not super worried about the date. He's coming. Let's not get into the details because we're going to miss it. It's never been about when he shows up, right? It's been about the fact that he is showing up, but kind of notice as, as these things are being posted and as all this stuff's going around that some of us are worried and maybe it's about that or maybe we're just like man everything seems to be going nuts maybe for you it's something else um, if you have social media you're always upset right because people are always posting crazy stuff on there and maybe for you it's not even the world around you because you're so like burdened down with your life you really can't even you don't have time to focus on any of that stuff and as I was sitting around thinking about this yesterday, God just kind of dropped these verses um, in and uh, uh, just started thinking about them and the reality of, of the moment in Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6 is the chapter where God calls Isaiah. Um, if you look at kind of all the stories of the prophets, there's always this moment uh, where they write about how they actually got their call to, to go and to, and to serve God, and this is, this is that story, but I think we would miss a lot of stuff in the story if we weren't reading it carefully. In chapter 6, it starts off and says, in the year that King Uzziah died, most of us would just breeze right over that. I don't know who that is, the story about Isaiah, uh, here's this guy Uzziah who really cares who he is or what he's doing, he's dead anyway, so it doesn't really matter, um, but this is such an important part to set the tone and the mood of, of what's about to happen in this story. See, Uzziah was a, a king of all Israel, he died about 740 BC, so you can look at that and you'd be like, oh, okay, maybe it's a time stamp, he just wants us to know, like, they're real people and these are real events, and that's true. God fills his story with real people, because he's not afraid that you go back and, like, fact check, all these are historical people, and he's, he doesn't care to put real names of real people, because God is a real God, and he did real stuff, and, and he doesn't care that you check him on that stuff, and, and in a way, it's kind of a time stamp, but I think if we just treat it like that, we're missing the mood of what's going on here. See, Uzziah was a king who died in 740 B.C., but he reigned for 52 years. 52 years, it's a long time to be king. 
People didn't even, he became king when he was 16. He lived 52 years after that, and this time that would kind of be unheard of life expectancy-wise anyway. But it, he, w- he was a good king. And it says in Second Kings, I think 15, that he, he attempted to do what was right in the sight of the Lord, and that he attempted to lead the people towards God. And Isaiah, uh, assuming he's 52 or younger, even if he's a little bit older than that, this would be the only king that he had ever known. For 52 years, Uzziah had been king of all Israel. He'd been his king, right? 52 years. 52 long years this guy had been king. And it had been amazing because God had blessed him as king. He'd been king and and God blessed this guy because he tried to follow God and to do what was right in the sight of the Lord. And because of that, his his whole reign was marked kind of with prosperity. He was a king that God had made a rich king and through him made Israel kind of a a prosperous nation. You didn't have to worry about like if you're going to have food on the table or you're going to have somewhere to live. Like that was the reign of Uzziah. But he was also not only a a, a prosperous king, he was a king that his, his reign was marked by kind of military dominance. He was the guy. They had strong armies, defended Israel. There hadn't been any invasions to take over Israel for 52 years. They hadn't been wiped out for 52 years, right? Like, he hadn't had to worry about somebody just sneaking in and taking a big chunk of the country when he was, when he was the king. His, his reign was marked by these things, and you'd come to expect, like, we're going to be safe, and we're going to have food, and we're not going to have to worry about where to live, and Uzziah is the king, and all is good. And at the same time Uzziah died, now you've got to worry who's going to be the next king. What's he going to be like? Is he going to follow God? Is he going to be prosperous? Are we going to have food? Our army's going to come in. You already have to worry about that. But now this Assyrian nation, a nation that's just kind of right next door here, is becoming a powerful nation. Now, if you've been Jewish, you have to figure out really quickly that people don't like you. It's still true today, actually, like, Right, we deal with anti-Semitism today. People don't like the Jewish people; they never have because they're the people of God, and we're kind of jealous that we're not, I guess. But for some reason or another, that's the way it manifests itself all the time. People don't like the Jewish people, and here are these Assyrians right next door, and they're kind of raising up as a nation. So our king died. This guy that's reigned for fifty-two years, and now we don't really have that certainty and that assurance anymore. And at that same time, here's this nation that's hostile to us, gaining military power. And this is the moment that Isaiah walks into the temple under. A moment of, I have no idea what's going on. A moment of fear. A moment of maybe heartache for, for this king. A moment of, I don't know if I'm going to have anything to eat tomorrow. A moment of, I don't know if somebody's going to come in and take over our nation tomorrow. A moment where it feels like maybe the whole world's kind of starting to crumble around you. This is the moment that he, that he walks into. How relevant is that to some of us today? I know maybe some of you are oblivious to like everything that's going on in the world and you're good. But for the rest of us, we have to live here. And we know that like hurricanes are not good and people are hurting. And we know that wildfires are not good and people are hurting. And we know that earthquakes are not good and people are hurting. That seems like death has, has making a place for himself, right? And then for some of us, it's like, I don't, I don't even have time to worry about that because my life is just being crushed right now. And, and we're living in a very similar moment maybe to him of this uncertainty and fear. And maybe that's not all of us, but it definitely is some of us. And it's the moment he's walking into the temple in. He's probably walking in to pray, to seek God. 
expect him to go through the routine to do the same thing that he does every other time he walks in the temple. And it says, in the year that King Uzziah died in uncertainty and fear, here Isaiah writes, I saw the Lord. He walks into the temple to pray or to whatever he's coming in to do that day. And it says that when he walks into the temple, it says he saw the Lord. Now, we throw that around a lot, right? Like, oh, I saw God today. It was awesome. He showed up. And I raised my hand that one time, and it was amazing. And, and we're, we think of things like that. But, like, he didn't, like, kind of spiritually see the Lord. He actually saw the Lord. In a moment covered by fear and, 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 and maybe just this doubt a moment, he's coming in to worry. God showed up, and I, I guarantee you it wasn't expected in that way, right? Like, you don't just walk in here one day and be like, oh, there's God, that's amazing, I see you. That's not a usual thing that happens, and it wasn't usual for him, but in this moment that he needed it most, God showed up in the most, and it says, I saw the Lord, but not only did he see the Lord, it says he saw him seated on a high and lofty throne. The word lofty means like imposingly high, right? It's not, God's not just sitting on like a high throne or a kind of high throne or a moderately high throne or just like a higher throne than most. Like he's sitting on an imposingly high throne is what he's saying. A throne that's so far above all the other thrones that you have to stop and think for a moment, what is that? He's sitting on a high, high throne, a throne that's bigger, that's above everything else. Isn't that amazing? No? Okay, cool. Um, he walks in and he's afraid because Uzziah is not the king anymore, right? Oh, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, Uzziah is not the king. He died. I don't know what everything's going to be like. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to have food. I don't know if I'm going to have the stuff. And then he walks in, and not only does he see God, he sees God sitting on a what? A throne, a high, high throne, an imposingly high throne, a throne that's above every other throne is what he's saying. So he comes in, and, and here's the message clear cut for him this morning. He comes in, he sees God, and he sees him on a high, high throne. He comes in, and he's worried about uh, the throne of Israel. And God's like, hey, I don't know where Uzziah is today, but let me just remind you where I am today. Right? Uzziah is not on the throne anymore. He vacated the throne. He's dead. People don't last forever. It happens. Stuff changes. But you, know, you want to know something that hasn't changed? Here's God, and he's sitting on his throne. Not a throne that's like a moderately high throne or a throne just a bump above Uzziah's, but like the throne that's above every other throne, the high, high throne. So God looks at him, and he's like, hey, do you get it yet? He looks at us, hey, do you get it yet? I'm still on the throne today, is what he's saying to Isaiah, and I think probably to us this morning. I'm still on the throne. I'm not sick. I've not vacated it. I'm not dead. I've not kind of left. I've not ignored you. I've not got up to go to the bathroom. Like, I'm still here today, and I'm on my throne, and I'm on a throne that's above every other throne, an imposingly high throne where everybody else looks up from their throne, and they're like, I don't want to mess with that guy. That kind of throne is the throne that God is sitting on today. He says, oh, you're worried. You're worried because it seems like everything's falling apart. Well, let me remind you who's in charge today, right? Yeah. Oh, but, but work. No, your work maybe sits on a throne above you, but it doesn't sit on a throne above him, right? right. Oh, this person. Yeah, this person maybe sits on a throne above you. Maybe they have some power over you, but you know who they don't have power over? God. That's what he's saying today. Yeah. 
right? Oh, I'm worried about the weather. Well, I can't control the weather. So the weather sits on a throne above me, but I know who sits on a throne above the weather, an imposingly high throne, a throne that the weather looks up at, and they're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to mess with that guy, right? A high, high throne, a high and lofty throne. So you could, you could throw whatever you want to in today that's plaguing you or bugging you or messing with you or got you in fear today. But can I just remind you today through the story of Isaiah, maybe today if we would just look up. Look up beyond the throne that's above you, right? To the throne that's above that throne. Because the throne that's above that throne is a high and imposingly high throne. A high, high throne. And there's somebody sitting on that throne today, and his name is God. And he's still in charge. Right? Oh, everything's crumbling around me. No, it's not. Because God is on the throne. If God is on the throne and he rules everything, what we're going through right now is what we're meant to go through right now. And there's somebody that holds the chain, right, and the cord of what we're going through right now that can pull it back or let it go. And if we're going through it, it's a good thing for us, ultimately. Maybe it's not a good situation, but it will be a good thing, like Romans 5, 8, or Romans 8, right? All things work together for the good of those that love him. Not everything is good, but all things work together for the good because the thing that's on the throne that we're looking at and we're focused on, there's a thing that's on a throne above that throne, and it's a high, high throne. It's an imposingly high throne, and that's where God sits. So it says he walked in and he saw the Lord, but not only did he see the Lord, he kind of looked up and he saw the Lord sitting on a high, high throne. A high and lofty throne. An imposingly high throne. It goes on and it says, and his robe filled the temple. His robe filled the temple. Newsflash today, God's pretty big. Right? It doesn't say like the foot of God filled the temple or God filled the temple. If God fills the temple, he's probably not that big. If God's foot fills the temple, he, he's, he's big, but maybe he's not like that big. But what it's saying here is that, the, the, that his robe filled the temple. And, and what it's saying is not like the robe. Can I just be honest with you? What it's saying is the hem of the robe. It didn't even take the whole robe. It didn't even, like robes in this time have that train. Have you ever seen a wedding dress where the thing's hanging out behind it? like one of those long wedding dresses. You like come down through there and you get there and then your dress is still like way back there in the second row, like one of those. That thing that hangs off there that's really long, that's called the train. This is the long part, right? <laughs> All the robes in this time had those trains. Kings would wear robes and they would have trains on them. And when kings would go out to, or to battle, whoever uh, was the victorious king at the end of the battle would go to the other king and they would cut the hem of the robe off, the train of the robe off, and they would have it sewn onto their robe. So as they walked around, if you're like, oh, that's a robe, and that used to be somebody's robe, and that used to be somebody's robe, and that used to be somebody's robe, all on this king's train of his robe, you can look at that king and you're like, man, he's a powerful king. He's a powerful king. He's got like 14 different color robes on there. It's a fashion statement, right? And all those little patches on your robe, the hems uh, of that train of that robe, all those would be uh, to signify the victories that you had won. So he walks in and he sees the Lord, but not only does he see the Lord, he sees the Lord high and lifted up on this high and lofty throne or this imposingly high throne. But then he looks around and he's like, I'm surrounded by the train of the robe of God. It fills the whole temple. Here's, here's the message in that this morning. If you hadn't connected the dots yet. He's surrounded by this train of this robe of God. And in every little patch of that robe is the victories of God. He's surrounded in that moment by the victories of God. By the symbols of God's victories. 
If you walk in and you're worried, oh man, the Assyrians, they're coming to get us. They're coming, they're going to take over our land. They're going to get rid of us. And you walk in and you see God and you see that his throne's above their throne. And then God just throws the robe out there and he's like, hey, why don't you just take a look while you're here in your worry and in your doubt. Why don't you just take a look at all my victories? See that patch over there? That's where I defeated sin. See that patch over there? That was guilt. That was shame. That was death. That was hell. That was the grave. Let's look at all my victories today. And the victories of God filled the temple, is what it's saying, or the, the image of the power of God filled the temple. In this moment, he didn't see only, hey, God's in charge, and only, hey, God's big. He saw in that moment also, and God is victorious, and God is powerful. Coming in with worry, God's like, don't worry, I'm powerful. Coming in with doubt, don't doubt, I have victories, right? Coming in with, oh man, I don't know who the king's going to be. And God says, it's not really about those kings because all those kings are just images and, 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 and they don't do a whole lot. They can do some stuff. But I just want you to know, like, I'm the king that sits above all the other kings. And this is the moment that he walks into. He walked in blinded. He walked in, I can't see. He was so, uh, he had so much fear in front of his eyes he couldn't see, right? Or he had so much, uh, I don't know what's going on in front of his eyes, I couldn't see. And he walked in and God removed all that. He said, why don't you take a look? You're like, oh man, that would have been enough. I, I'm good now. I'd have been good with just walking in. Oh, hey God, what's up? This is not only did he see that, he saw in verse 2, seraphim standing above him. Seraphim kind of was flying around God. Seraphim is a class of angels, by the way. Not the fat little baby angels with the doppers that we think about, but seraphim... The name actually is translated burning ones. We think angels as these cute little bitty bald baby things with wings on them, little cupid arrows. Here's this image of a burning one, this massive, powerful, scary creature that's flying there above God. And it says that each one of them, however many there were, I like to think too, but it could be a lot, um, said each one of them had six wings. So imagine this burning one, whatever that looks like, with six wings flying there. He looks up and he sees this. And it says, with two of those wings, this angel covered his face. Not using all six to fly. He's using two of them just to cover up his face. I'm like, why does he do that? This angel, this powerful creature who's probably, let's just be honest, a much more holy creature than we are less sinless than we are. He's standing before God and he's covering up his face. And The reason he's doing this is because he doesn't count himself worthy to look at God. He's not walking in with entitlement. Oh, I'm a burning one, man. I'm just going to walk up here and just, hey God, how are you today? Do you need anything? But he walks in in awe of God and he covers his face because he doesn't even think that he's worthy to look at the, the glory or the beauty of God. He covers his face. God, I can't look at you. God, you're so good. You're so powerful. You're so strong. You're so amazing. I can't even take a look like one time and it was enough. It's like, man, I can't, even, I can't handle that. I can't look at that anymore. It's too much glory. It's too much beauty. It's too much goodness. I can't look at it. So I'm just going to cover my face it says with two, he covered his feet. And why would you do that? It's a sign of submission. 
God, you're in control. You're in charge. I have six wings and I'm a burning one, but I know my place in the food chain. You are in control. I've seen you and I'm so overwhelmed I cannot look at you and I just want you to know that I'm yours, right? And it says with two, he flew. So, you know, using those things too, just to stay up there. And it says, here's what they do all day long. It says, they called out to one another. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. His glory fills the whole earth. Now, this isn't like a one-time occurrence, by the way. It wasn't like, you know, I I wanted to sing a new song today. So, hey, angel over there. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. What did you say? Did you say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Oh, yes, I did. I said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. What's going on in this picture is he doesn't just kind of walk in on a spontaneous moment. Heaven is shouting this song still today around the throne of God. Angels who have been there for eternity now, who have been standing with there from the point of their origin, they've been shouting this song, and they're not bored with it. Oh, I've heard this song too much. I just can't sing it anymore. (laughs) Can you sing a new song? It's very simple, isn't it? I don't see the melody written down, so I don't guess it's about that. I don't even know if it's being sung. Maybe it's just being shouted. I don't see a chord chart on here, so it's probably not about that. It's just about the truth in these words. And these angels from the point of origin have been shouting to each other, Hey, he's holy. He is holy. He is holy. The Lord God Almighty, the whole earth is full of his glory. Do you see it? And then the other angel says, oh, yes, I do see it. I saw it that one time. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And he's like, you know what? I got more than that. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And they're having a shouting match in heaven. Trying to out-worship each other, right? Like, oh, you just think you are going to worship. I have seen more than you have seen. In that one look, it was enough for me. I don't need it every single day. I don't have to remind myself, oh, he's holy. Oh, he's good. Oh, he's great. Oh, he saved me. Oh, I'm here. You don't have to do that all the time. One glimpse is enough. And they got one glimpse of God one time. They saw him one time. And the rest of the time, they're like, you know what? I can't even look at him anymore. It's too much beauty. It is too much glory. It is too much good. I cannot do it. So for all eternity, from that glimpse on, here's the shouting match. Holy! Yeah. Oh, that's not how I worship. No, it's what he looks like. Right. Yeah. That's just not my personality. It doesn't matter what your personality is when you've seen it, right? Yeah. It's not, oh, I can't do that. I mean, that works for them. It's, oh my gosh, have you seen it? And he saw it, and he was immediately transformed into worship. One time was enough. One glimpse was enough. And for all eternity, still today, right? Go look at Revelation later. What are they singing? Holy, holy, holy. They're still singing the same song. All right, we're in Isaiah. Years removed, probably thousands of years removed from this moment in Revelation. And it's the same song. He's holy. He's holy. He's holy. You know, you know why that's impressive today? Because we don't have any relationship to the word holy. When we think of holy, we think, oh, this stand is holy. It's set apart to the Lord. Hallelujah. Actually, we stole it from Beard Middle School. Or this drum shield is holy, set apart from, for the Lord. A drum set is holy, right? And the ark, that box, it's holy. That food, that fruit, it's holy. We can only relate, our only relationship to holy is like what we can experience 
from, from other objects. There's no other object in the universe that is in itself holy. All holiness is given apart from God. I'm holy because God calls me that, not because I am that. Or I'm set apart for him. The ark was holy, not because it was an awesome gold box. It was because it was set apart for him. It was just, it was set apart for the service of God. God is not set apart for the service of God. God is not holy because somebody called him holy. God is the only being in the universe that is holy in himself. And what that word outside of the context of God means is transcendence or otherness. In other words, God is so set apart, he's a different thing. He's in a class of his own. He has no competition. We sang last week, right? You have no rival, you have no equal. That's not just pretty words. That's the reality of who he is. There is no one that even comes close to God. And, And let me just be honest with you. The reason that we don't get very impressed with God or the reason that we walk around worried is because we have forgotten what we have seen or we have never seen. Because when you see that, when you see that, oh my gosh, there is nobody like this guy. There is nobody that comes close to this guy. There there really is no rival. What we realize is we are nowhere close to him. Now, I'll be honest. Here's the problem with Christians. We say a prayer sometime when we get up and we are convinced that we are good people who deserve salvation. That is a lie from the devil. You never deserved it, and you never will. In your best three seconds of life, I would not trade with you and stand before God. I don't know that I've ever had a sinless moment. And I don't know that you have either. There is no way in the world that on our own we would ever make it to him because he is so different. He is so set apart. He is so other. He is such in a class of his own. He really has no rival that we don't even make it to the playing field. And these angels are crying out this in front of Isaiah, in front of all creation today to remind us of this truth. He is holy but he's not just holy right he's holy holy not even just holy holy like he's holy 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 maybe that's like the only word they normally would shout in heaven holy 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 for all eternity and you would never get a picture of how holy really god is you would never get a picture of how other and set apart he really is and they saw it one time oh i'm here oh what's that I can't look, right? And for the rest of creation, these beings, these burning ones are sitting around singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. In this context, glory means the evidence of God. And what they're saying is, man, if you just look around long enough, you'll see there's something bigger than you, something greater than you. We bought into this humanism bull, right? Oh, we can be anything we want to be. No, the best we'll ever be is sinful man who's broken and wretched and doesn't deserve the air that we breathe. 
but he is not that. You don't believe that. Why don't you go build some mountains today? Why don't you go dig out an ocean today? Can you do that? If you had the biggest bulldozer in the world and the rest of your life, you would never make an ocean that would compare to the one he made. We've never even made it to the bottom of it. The highest mountain we got, very few people have ever been to the top. And if you had the biggest bulldozer you had as you emptied the ocean and you were piling it up, you would never create anything that looked anything like that. If we all worked together today, we would never be able to do it. And we're like, oh, it just got here. You're fooling yourself. Something collided with something, made a pond full of goop, and then lightning struck it, and that made life, and it turned into billions of different forms over how many years? Statistically, it wouldn't even work out. There would never be enough time. Like, you'd even just take out all the other things. The amounts of different species of grass that there are. Like, if it never made anything that even eat grass, like... <laughs> It would never be able to make all those different blades with all those different ways. And the grass wouldn't be able to sustain itself because it needs something that makes methane, right? And it doesn't do that. Which cell is the one that decided first it would eat the other cell? Do you know? It doesn't make sense. We teach it as fact in school, yet we've never observed it. I'm not all out warring against science today. I'm just saying that God himself says the wise people are confused and the foolish people got it right. See, in reality, if, if you see what we have around us just with an open mind, you know, you know, there's no way the beauty there just happened that way. And the angels are sitting there in front of Isaiah and they're saying, holy, holy, holy. You just think that lake is awesome? There is more. You just think those mountains are awesome. There is more. You just think sunset is an amazing thing. There is more because the God who made it is the God of more. He's holy, yes, but he's holy, holy, holy. Like he's above, above, above. He's beyond, he's beyond, he's beyond. So raise your expectations is what he's saying. Isaiah, yeah, you're looking up at a high and lofty throne. We don't have, you don't have eyes good enough that he could show you what his real throne looked like. Oh yeah, you're looking at a temple full of the victories of God. We would need a bigger temple to fully display the victories of God. Your temple is flawed. You can't even begin to imagine how victorious this guy is. Oh yeah, God's big, right? Yeah, you can't begin to imagine the bigness of this God is what it's saying. Isaiah, raise your expectations, look up, because God is holy, holy, holy. He's above, he's above, he's above. He's beyond, he's beyond, he's beyond. He, he's in a class of his own. And I'm flawed to describe it, and I'm flawed to even begin to attempt to wrap words around it. But what the angels want you to know today is whatever glimpse you think you have of God is far too small. Whatever love you've experienced from God, it's, it's a little bitty pond full of love right now, and God has an ocean full of it. See, and God's not only holy in who he is, everything he does is holy. His love in a class of its own, right? His mercy, his forgiveness in a class of its own. Everything he is is holy because he is holy. And you cannot experience God other than God. And that's what they're singing. 
Oh, you come in the temple today with worry. Let me just remind you, worry melts and it changes to worship when you see who he is. Oh, you come in to the temple today with doubt. Let me just remind you that doubt melts and turns into worship when you see who he is. See, in reality, what we need today is not more messages and more songs. There's like been one song, right? And it's a simple message. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And the whole earth is full of his glory. And it changed Isaiah's life. Right? Waiting on the new revelation, the next thing, the the next picture of love that's the cross. You need something deeper. No, you need to see the thing that already is there in front of your eyes. There will never be a deeper thing. That is the full revelation of the love of God that we're going to experience on this planet. And if it's not enough for you, nothing will ever be enough for you. You want a healer? Go to the doctor. Amen. God can do it. He can do it. I believe that. But God is not intrinsically just the healer, right? You want a counselor? Go to one. God is a counselor, and he's a good one. But that's not the the gulf of who he is. You want to know the depth of who he is? He's a savior, There's creators and inventors and healers and there's all kinds of stuff on this planet, but there's only one Savior. And this morning, if we would just see it, right? If we could just see it this morning, it would change everything. Some of you, I prayed a prayer and everything's the same. Well, you're dead. I hate that it's that harsh, but it's just the reality and (laughs) I don't know another way to say it. I've said it for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, haven't I? And I can't make you say it. I can't make you see it. That's a him thing. I'm not impressed. Maybe you're dead. Dead people are not impressed. If you've never seen it, if you're still standing in darkness and you've never seen the light, maybe that's the issue. And I can't really put another thing around it. There is no half-hearted response to him. There is no, he's okay with him. There is no, "Ah, I guess, with him. There's no maybe with him. It's a, he's good enough, and he's always going to be good enough. And tomorrow he's going to be good enough, and the next day he's going to be good enough, and the next day he's going to be good enough, and the next day he's going to be good enough, because the angels saw it one time, and it changed everything. And all they're shouting is the same song today. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, and the whole earth is full of his glory. You know what? That's great. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, and the whole earth is full of His glory. Man, I have never thought of that before. I want to say it. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, the whole earth is full of His glory. Because when you see it, worry melts, and it changes to worship. When you see it, doubt's driven away, and it changes to worship. And in reality this morning, if we're not worshiping, it's not because we have too little belief or too little faith. It's because we've never seen it. I'm not saying you're dead because you worry, but I'm saying open up your eyes. Lift up your head and see where does the help come from, right? Oh, but I doubt. I'm not saying you're lost, but I'm saying look up. Oh, but I have fear. Oh, but I, I don't know. Oh, but everything's crumbling. Well, that's great. Look up. Look up. Look up. And then when you see up, look up. And when you see up, look up. And we see up, look up, because he's holy, holy, holy. Let's pray.